1 Corinthians 15. Said it before, we just sang about it. Jesus Christ died. He died for us. He died because of our sin. He was perfect in every way. He came and lived among us, was tempted just like we are, but resisted all of those temptations and lived the perfect life. He came to earth just for us because he so desired a relationship with us, knowing that when he came, he was going to have to suffer and die. And he did, willingly. He died for us. He died for our sin. And unless anyone may argue that he didn't just die, he also was buried. He spent three days in a tomb. Three days. He was dead. Everyone knew he was dead. The soldier put a spear through his side, proving the fact. There's no question whether he died or not. He did die. All of his disciples, all of his friends, everybody who had spent three years with him, his family who had spent 33 years with him, all knew he was dead. They, they went to the tomb in order to prepare his body for, for, for death so that it would you know, deteriorate correctly and rightly and well. But then on the third day, He rose. <laughs> he rose from the dead. Can you believe that? Do you understand that? Jesus rode, rose from the dead. He defeated death. He had died, but then he came back. It's unbelievable. Nothing like this had ever happened before. The first time. Sure, I mean, Jesus had brought, uh, I, uh, what's his gosh name is, uh, Lazarus, thank you. I, I always run with I instead of L. Sure, he brought Lazarus back from the dead. It's because I have a son-in-law named Isaac, maybe, I don't know. Isaiah, excuse me. Anyway, I can't even get that right. Anyway, Lazarus, he, he brought Lazarus from, back from the dead, but then he died again. This is the first time ever that someone died and then they came back to life. They rose from the dead, never to die again. And if you want proof, and lots of people, oh, no, he didn't really come back from the dead. He didn't really come back physically. It was just some spirit. But no, no, he appeared. He appeared to his family. He appeared to his, to his disciples in flesh and blood, giving them hogs. Sure, he had this weird body that could walk through walls, but, but, but he also ate food with them. He dined with them. And then he appeared to like 500 people all at the same time. It wasn't just some vision that these disciples had because they were so desperate for him to come back. No, this was something that was all over the place. There were witnesses everywhere that said that Jesus indeed has, ridden from, has risen from the dead. And unbelievably, he's even appeared to me. Now, not like he did to them. Unfortunately, I haven't had the privilege of physically giving Jesus a hug. 
physically seeing Jesus stand before me, but he's spoken my name. He appeared before me and said, Sean, come, be with me. And I agreed. I said, yes, I I want to have this relationship with you, Jesus. He appeared to me, and I know he's real. I've seen it throughout my life and the things that he's done for me, how he's cared for me, and the times when no one else would believe it, but I believe it because of what he's, the words he spoke to my heart. That there's no way it just came up in my mind. It's not because I read it somewhere else. And I know that many here, he's appeared to you too. He's spoken your name. And you've responded. You've said, yes, Lord. But the crazy thing is, some of us are living like he's dead. Some of us are, 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 even though we believe in the resurrection, even though he spoke our name, it's like that was so long ago, we, we no longer have any expectation that he's going to continue to speak, that he speaks today. Some of us have this belief that Jesus rose from the dead and appeared to them, but we're living like he's dead. We're living like maybe he rose once, but then he eventually, like Lazarus, died. When we go to prayer, we don't expect to hear anything. Matter of fact, we don't even leave any space for him to speak. Even after we pray, we really don't expect him to do anything. We just kind of go on with our lives. We say, Lord, help us with this, and then we go and try to fix it ourselves. We so often, even though we say, We believe in the resurrection. Our life is not lived that way. (laughs) But why? Think about it. Why are you even here? If if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, why are you here? Why, why Why are you living out this Christian life? I mean, if Jesus is, you know, just some good concept, if Jesus' resurrection from the dead was just one-time event back then and it happened then, but it's not anything real today, then why do you proclaim Jesus? Why are you witnessing? Why, why are we spending money to send missionaries? I mean, there's a lot of concepts out there. I mean, why is ours better? I mean, we can just let people live and, and, you know, we can live and let them live if it's just a concept. If Jesus' resurrection is just some religion. I mean, really, if that's the case, if Jesus is dead, realize what we're doing, right? We're actually proclaiming something that is not actually true. I mean, if Jesus is dead, then we're misrepresenting Jesus, But even more than that, if Jesus is dead, if he's not still alive and active today, if he's just a concept, this resurrection thing, then we're still dead, too. We're still condemned. Condemned to die. 
and we have no hope. You know, if Jesus is dead, or if Jesus resurrected at one point but really isn't active anymore, and then we're all here proclaiming that Jesus arose and singing the songs, living our lives and sharing this, our faith and, and telling the world, trying to live differently because of that Jesus who rose from the dead but he's not active and he's just a concept, then we are fools. We should be taking in everything we can in this world if Jesus isn't active and alive today. Because we're still in our sin and it doesn't matter. But Jesus has risen. He is alive. Amen? He is alive. He is still active. He's still involved in this world. He's still seeking relationship. Consider the, the, a little bit of history, right? I mean, think about this logically, right? Adam, okay, Adam was the first human being. And he was kind of a representative of all humanity. And he lived in the garden, had a really hot wife named Eve, right? I don't know, I've never seen her actually, but anyway. But anyway, he's, he's the first man, and he's tested. He's given a choice. And unfortunately, he chose to eat of the forbidden fruit. And because of that choice, get this, because of that choice, all mankind, all humanity is now condemned we all now have to die because of Adam's choice in the garden. Now, I've heard many times, and maybe even some of you feel the same way, That's, this is, just isn't fair. You know, why does sinful nature pass down? I mean, I, didn't, I wasn't there in the garden. I wasn't the one who sinned. Why do I have to pay the price for what Adam did? I mean, as if, like, if we were there and we actually had the choice, we would have made any different choice than Adam did. But the reason that it's important, actually, the fact that because Adam sinned and we all are stuck in our sin and doomed for death is actually an amazing grace from God. Because that's truth, this is also true, that Jesus came as the second Adam, the second human to represent mankind. And he lived a perfect life. He didn't take a bite out of the forbidden fruit. He didn't fall. He didn't make the mistake. He stuck it out to the end. And he died. And because of that, with his, resur with his resurrection, all of us are resurrected as well. And again, that's not fair, some would say, but this is the economy of God. Adam died, or Adam sinned, so he died, and we all die with him. Jesus rose from the dead to life, and so because of that, we are, can have life with him. This is the economy of God. We have eternity to look forward to because of what Jesus did in his resurrection. Now, understand, sin was sovereign in the days of Adam, right? Not just when he lived, but until Jesus showed up. Sin was sovereign. It was in control. 
And sin is an evil ruler. He's brutal. We didn't have a choice. We were bound in chains with no opportunity to make any other choice but to sin every day. This was the condition under sin. But Jesus, now that Jesus died and defeated death by rising from the dead, he now is the one who reigns supreme. He is now sovereign, and he is not a ruler like sin and death. No, he's a ruler who restores choice to us. See, Jesus doesn't force us to do his will. We aren't chained and bound to him. No, the amazing grace of the cross and the resurrection is that Jesus has restored choice to each of us. That we now get a choice again. It's almost like we've been transported to the garden and those who've been critical of Adam's decision, now we each individually get to make that choice ourselves. But we need to understand what the choice is. The choice is relationship with Jesus. Choice is about spending our life with him as our Lord and Savior. You see, the choice is to be a slave of Jesus, but choosing it instead of being forced to it. See, because of what Jesus has done, we, it's, it's all his. We, we, we don't have a, I mean, it's amazing what he's done for us. And, and, and to give back to him, it's, it's the least we can do is to give him our life. See, in, in Christ, in Jesus, there's life. But also through Jesus, his judgment. We each get to choose. We get to choose whether we want to be in control or whether we want let to him be in control. Whether we acknowledge that the fact that we have a choice is because of Jesus or not. We all have that choice. But in the end, all will bow Jesus. But you know what? <laughs> Some of us are, are, are living like there's no afterlife. Some of us are living like there's nothing, there's no tomorrow, like there's, there's no eternity. Some of us are so focused on this world and building our, our huge mansions here. We're so focused on, you know, this amazing kingdom that we can build. Looking for bigger and bigger houses and bigger and bigger garages in order to store all of our treasures. Looking for nicer and nicer cars and more expensive cars and more expensive tastes and more exotic vacations. Some of us are also looking at this world as if this is the best that it gets. That, that, that this is the best right here. What we have right now, this is the best. 
striving in order to be able to be a part of everything we can, striving to, to get involved in all the different things that are going on in this world, to recognize, you know, allow our cravings just to run amok in a sense, and we're just going to satisfy our cravings so that we feel good, so that we can enjoy all that there is for us in this world to enjoy. We have numbed our spiritual senses through focused addiction, really, to entertainment and extreme experiences. Some of us can no longer hear from God. Can, never hear, can no longer hear the voice of Jesus because our lives are so filled with busyness. The, the fear of missing out drives us so that we're so busy, we have no time to listen. Some of us in this world think that there's really no judgment. Even though we believe in Jesus, even though we believe in the resurrection, there's some of us that just believe there's no judgment, that, that okay, well, now I've, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, and so I'm saved, and I don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. And so you're just living uh, sinfully in this world, just freely, without even thinking about it. Some of us are so involved sexually in all kinds of crazy things without even a hint of regret. Some of her bowing to the altar of wealth and materialism. Not even recognizing that the two can't coexist. We can't worship Jesus and money. We're going to choose one or the other. I, I think what we're missing is maybe just a recognition that we are going to rise from the dead too. See, it's not just Jesus that rose from the dead. It's not just him that did, got to experience resurrection. He was just the first one to rise. We, when we have a relationship with him, also will get to experience resurrection. We will rise from the dead. We will come back. Dead is not, death is not the end for us. There is something after it. And it's worth living for. Matter of fact, it's better than what we experience here. Some say, you know, they don't even know if they want to go to heaven because they love what they have here. And I will just say probably only Americans say that because we're so wealthy, because we have all of these amazing amenities in our lives that we don't, you know, ever suffer, it seems like. Or if we do, we can fix it ourselves. But let me tell you, even if that's your situation, Jesus and eternity is way better than anything you're going to experience here. Eternity, resurrection with Jesus, it's going to blow away our expectations. We can't even imagine. That's why it's not written about in Scripture very much. Because how do you write about that? Right? I mean, how do we even understand it or even imagine it? It's so far beyond our imagination, so far beyond our dreams, so far beyond anything we could think of. You guys, we're all going to rise someday from the dead, and we're going to be with Jesus for all of eternity. This life is just a blip on the, line of of the timeline of life, just a tiny blip. 
Most of our experience, most of our lives are going to be spent in this amazing, eternal kingdom with Jesus by our side and getting to experience all the beauty and awesomeness of that place. That's ours. We're going to get imperishable bodies. We're going to get rid of the perishable and we're going to put on the imperishable. Do you get that? Like no longer deteriorating bodies, right? I mean, I'm only 49 and I'm complaining about how my body is sore in the morning, right? And I know some of you are even worse shaped than that, right? You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even do anything and I'm hurting, right? And then we fall and you got to worry about breaking bones and all that kind of stuff, right? This is, no, 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 we get rid of the perishable and we put on the imperishable for all eternity, We get rid of the nasty filthiness of this body and we put on a glorious body. We no longer have to struggle with that struggle of pain. We no longer have to worry about the struggle with our bodies and we get to experience the full glory of Jesus. We put on power. (laughs) Put off weakness and put on power. Put on power. We no longer have to wrestle with our weaknesses. So often, right, we go through life and we're like, ah, why do I do that? Why do I say the wrong thing? Why do I spit out of my mouth when I really get excited? Why do I do these things, right? We, we wrestle with that, but now when we get to eternity, we put off that physical side and we get to put on this amazing power where the weaknesses no longer control us. And two more things that are amazing. No more sin. You know, for those of us who truly do love Jesus, are truly thankful for what he's done for us. The years that are here that we fight and wrestle with sin, not just what we do to other people, but what other people do to us. No more sin, you guys. And eternity where we don't have to fight that anymore. Eternity where we don't have to worry about that person hurting us. No more sin. But also, no more death. You guys, our whole life is tainted. Our whole life, this side of heaven, is tainted by death. We're, we're all, in a sense, kind of thinking about it all the time. I mean, now we can numb ourselves to that, but the fear of death is, is constantly hovering over us. And the older we get, and as our bodies begin to break down more and more, it hovers closer and closer. And it's this dark cloud that sits over us. Because we all know that we have eternity to look forward to, but death is still there, and we don't know how that's going to happen, and how painful it's going to be, and how long it's going to last. But guess what? In eternity, it's no longer we got to worry about. It. There's no more shadow of death. It's all beauty. It's all light. It's all glory. It's all goodness. This is the resurrection. This is why we proclaim it. But we need to live it. It's not just a concept. It's not just something that happened in the past. 
Jesus is active. He's alive. He's involved in our lives. But here's the deal. We always need to be living for tomorrow. Always need to be living with an eye on eternity. That's what's important. This has value, don't get me wrong. But we should behave here, speak here, think here in ways that will highlight eternity. Because we're all going to be there. We're all going to rise just like Jesus. May he be the one we proclaim. Worship team, come forward. Come up, please. As we see through Paul's writing and my interpretation of that writing for today, the, resurre the resurrection is of vital importance. It's the centerpiece of all that we believe as Christians. May we accept it, may we live it, and may we proclaim it. Amen.